Kaneda is going to give you every single rumor he knows on this episode. We're going to talk about Jersey Jack finally speaking about the playfield issues. How did Kaneda get Ultraman number 500? And the Deep Root Facebook page is gone. Episode 605 of Kaneda's Pinball Podcast. Oh, this is going to be the podcast none of the manufacturers are going to want you to hear because on episode 605, I'm going to tell you everything I know. All the leaked information, all the rumors, all the speculation, everything Canada knows is going to be shared on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. But more than that, more than that, while I will talk about these as rumors, I am going to go on the record as saying I officially think these things are going to happen. I am not going to present them as questions. We're going to talk about that and how Rob T is confused why more people are not giving him credit for the Steve Ritchie going over to JJP News because he knew it, but he presented it as a question. That's not how you do it, Rob. I respect that you shared the information, but you got to be more definitive in saying this is happening, okay? And then we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Jersey Jack Pinball and how Jack Guanari himself has gone on the record and said what he thinks about the playfield issues over at Jersey Jack Pinball. We're going to talk about Jersey Jack Pinball's offer to Guns N' Roses owners with playfields and with playfield issues and what they will do for you. I'm going to tell you what I did because I reached out to JJP and I will take them up on this offer. I'm going to explain why I'm doing that. We're going to talk about Facebook and Deep Root Pinball and how they've removed the Deep Root Pinball page from Facebook. And we're going to talk about what that means for most of you in Honoraza, but for most of you who are not in Honoraza, the comedic club that is Deep Root Pinball continues to go on without failure. It continues to entertain us week after week. And I think even the most bullish Raza people rooting for it to come out are now realizing it's not looking good. Okay, so speaking of not looking good, we've seen the Jersey Jack playfields over the past year, and there's no questioning whether or not that Mirko playfields and Jersey Jack pinball have once again experienced a sort of catastrophic quality control issue. And no one has covered this more than Canada's Pinball Podcast. And so we have been watching this company and waiting for this company to respond to this issue. And finally this week, two things happened. So the first thing that happened is Jersey Jack Pinball announced that they would be giving Guns N' Roses owners a chance to buy, at cost, new playfields for Guns N' Roses. And I said this. This is something that I said Jersey Jack Pinball should offer. Don't charge people more money because usually a playfield is around $1,000. So they are giving people with a Guns N' Roses, a chance to buy brand new playfields at $499 for the major playfield. And I think the other one's around 100 and something bucks. Okay, so I'm glad they are giving people this option. Should they have given people who have problematic playfields these playfields for free? 
That's the big question mark. And I look, I do still think if you bought a brand new pinball machine and you're seeing some of the issues with these games, with the chipping and the pooling and some of the artwork gets removed from your game. If you open up a game and you're having issues like that, why do you have to spend any more money to replace it and repair the game that should have came from the factory without any of those issues? Now, we all know that Jersey Jack Pinball was never going to send anybody fully populated playfields. That was never going to be an option. The second best option would have been free play fields for people who have problems. They did not do that either. The problem with that is there's just too many Guns N' Roses machines out there, and there are also too many machines with issues, and they know this. This isn't just like a tiny, 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 tiny sample size. There are probably a few hundred, if not more, machines that are experiencing playfield issues, and out of the thousands of machines they will make, who knows how many of those machines will develop issues over time, right? Because something is wrong with how Mirko is making these playfields. That is so obvious at this point. And if you know that something's wrong over at Mirko and it's not consistent, right? Not every machine is having issues. That's got to be the most frustrating part for Jersey Jack is they can't identify the problem because it's not happening on every game, but the games it does happen on, it's really bad, okay? So the other option is to give people a chance to just buy a new play field. We know that 99.9% .9 of people who buy a backup play field, they will never do a playfield swap but the whole reason of having it is just one thing and one thing only it's just for the peace of mind if you have that playfield underneath your bed you are much more likely to turn on your guns and roses machine and just play it and enjoy it even if you see pooling even if you see a chip you're still going to enjoy it knowing that one day down the road you could swap in that new play field and your game will be brand new again that's what this is this is 499 dollars for peace of mind and from someone who lives in New York City, $499 is the price of a dinner, okay? So I am fine spending this money. I reached out to Barry at Jersey Jack Pinball with the serial number of my Guns N' Roses CE number 500, and I said, Barry, I would like to be put on the list to buy a Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition replacement playfields from you, and that is what I did. So I am taking them up on this offer. I know it's not the most ideal thing. I don't even know if my game has issues or not, but I just want to have this backup, and I'm taking them up on the offer that they put out into the world. Now, I have not heard back from Barry yet. I would like to hear back a confirmation, and it would be nice for Canada to tell all of his listeners that Barry got my email, and he responded, and we're all good. Because that's the other thing. We know we're not going to get these replacement playfields for a while. They said summer of 2022 is when they expect to start shipping out these playfields. Here's the other thing I heard from a very, very reliable source. I heard that Miracle Playfields is now running Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition playfields again, which means possibly they might be trying to get the CE owners their replacement playfields first before they handle all the LE owners of the game. Because if you spent the most, you maybe get to the front of the line on this customer service policy. Here's the one thing that still hangs over all of this is that nobody knows if they've fixed the problem, right? When you buy your replacement playfield from Mirko, 
how can you trust when you see that Mirko logo on the playfield that this time around, right? It's like the playfield manufacturer that cried wolf. This time around, trust us, it's going to be good. And so the only way you're going to be able to find that out is if you swap in one of these new ones and have no issues. And again, 99% of people will never do that. These things will end up underneath everyone's beds or hanging on walls, and they will never really be tested. The real test for Mirko is going to be Guns N' Roses machines that ship out now and into next year. If there are no more issues, people will start to feel good. And then the real, real test, right? Because this always seems like they sometimes fix it mid-production. The real test is when Toy Story gets made and those initial games go out. Those things better be bulletproof. But you know what? By the time we find out if they are or are not, it will be too late if they are not. Because I think for many of you out there, you are going to tread lightly as you move towards New Jersey Jack pins in the future if you've had headaches with your current machines. It's just going to be that way. They have not restored faith and credibility in people. And this move is not going to do that overnight. But let's air what Jersey Jack Pinball said about this whole issue because this is the first time we've officially heard from anyone over at Jersey Jack Pinball about the playfield issues. And here is what Jack said when he was interviewed by Martin and Jonathan over at the Pinball News. He did this interview this week. Let's hear what Jack says about the playfields. Well, look, things happen in pinball. And we have a reputation for many years of taking care of the customer. And I'm pretty sure... The few people that have problems, uh, you know, we, we, we've made offers to uh, sell playfields uh, at a special price. So if somebody feels the need that they want an extra playfield, at the end of the run of Guns N' Roses, they can buy a playfield at a special price. So we've been very accommodating to our customer base, very respectful of them, and we want to uh, build on that. I mean, the whole company was built on taking care of the customer. And uh, I don't think that really, I don't think that really changed. Um, I think possibly there are some playfields where uh, people may have done something to the playfield to cause damage. I don't really know. I've seen some pictures where, uh, you know, as a technician and somebody in the business for, uh, dare I say, like 46 years, I really wonder how the damage occurred. Um, I don't know. And I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm not saying anything. I'm just making a casual observance. So, Jack, here's what people did to their machines to cause the playfields to fall apart. Jack, you ready for it? They actually played pinball. That's what they did. These aren't people tampering with their machines to cause these issues. These things have been falling apart by simple pinball use. And I wish they would just admit that this isn't on the customer. And he kind of blames the customer for these issues. What we didn't get from Jonathan and Martin was a follow-up question about working with Mirko and whether or not they're exploring a new pinball manufacturer. But I don't think they are. I really don't. I think it's going to be Mirko all over again. So at this point, I think we just put a pin in this topic. This is it. This is their offer. This will be their offer. And if it satisfies you, take advantage of it. If it doesn't, I don't know what to tell you. I just hope we can get back to the point where everyone can enjoy the masterpiece that is Guns N' Roses. This has hung over this machine for such a long period of this pin's existence. And Jersey Jack, the ball is in your court to make your products higher quality 
and your customer service and your transparency needs to improve because it has not been great. And what Jack said at that interview of how they take care of the customer, I hope that is true moving forward. It has not been stellar this year and they know that. Where should we go next before I tell you all the information some of these companies don't want you to know? And I'm going to go on the record. I mean this. I'm going to say I believe this is going to happen in pinball and you are going to see this because a lot of people question Canada's credibility and they say Canada is always wrong as if it's like everybody forgot that I called Mandalorian and Halloween correctly. Okay, so let's talk quickly about Deep Root Pinball's Facebook page being down. What does this mean? Does this mean you're not getting your Razas? Does this mean Deep Root is done? Does this mean they made up a legal issue to make another excuse as to why people don't have their games yet? And I just want to say there's absolutely no information that points you in a positive direction for this company. There's nothing. There is no pictures of manufacturing. There's no production happening. There is nothing that they have shown anybody that would make anyone feel good that this company will be successful, that games will come out, and that they want to give people an update that makes people feel good. And now we're starting to see the removal of deep root content from the internet. And that's a real big red flag for people. So are they slowly trying to turn this thing off? Now, the good thing is this. Everyone in the pinball community has captured and chronicled all of the Deep Root correspondence. So Deep Root is never going to be able to go and undo the things they've said. They're never going to be able to go and undo all those videos and all the bold claims and all the hyperbole that Robert and company have put out into the world. And the only path forward for this company, they only have two options. This company only has two outs, and the two outs are this. The games come out, or they go out of business. There is no in-between. There is no in-between. This is it. This is it. And look, everything points to them not getting these games out. There is absolutely zero evidence that this company has manufacturing going, and the updates continue to be non-updates. I don't think it's happening, people. So speaking about updates, Haggis Pinball is another company that is learning a little bit of a lesson, and the lesson for Damon and company is this. If you tell your customer base that they can expect an update by the end of July, or that you think that games will ship by the end of July, or you're gonna start manufacturing by the end of the July, you have to update your customer base on what happened. Now, we know he put up a video saying there were delays because of COVID, but what they're going to realize now that they've sold 250 plus editions of Fathom is they now have 250 people who have sent money in and they just want to know the status of things. Now, remember, this company has not really proven that they can make games and make games quickly. They definitely have made some Celts, like they're much further along than Deep Root, but can they make these fathoms in a timely manner and get them out to people? They've already missed the deadlines they put out into the world. And we see this time and time again. I still don't understand why companies do this, why they put dates out into the world and then they blow by them. Like where is the LV version of the Pinball Brothers alien machine, right? They said in the summer of 2021, we are going to show you the LV version of the game. And what is it, August now? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So once again, another pinball company with dates and deadlines misses it. The only two companies that actually hit the dates and deadlines they promise are Stern Pinball and Spooky Pinball. Everybody else 
Everybody else blows by their schedule and their deadlines. Okay, let me talk real quickly about a ridiculous item I shouldn't even have to address, and that is Canada getting Ultraman number 500 as a collector's edition with butter cabinet number 500, the last Ultraman off the line. And I want to tell you the true story of how Canada got number 500. It's not because there's any money exchange between me and Spooky. It's not because Spooky Pinball is treating me with any special treatment. Do you want to know how Canada got number 500 of Ultraman? Let me let me tell you the true story. I simply reached out to them and I said, hey, I love what you're doing as a company. I really appreciate all of your transparency and I'm a supporter of Spooky Pinball. You got to remember the context of this year, right? In which Jersey Jack Pinball was telling us to punch sand. And I wanted to support this company for everything they've been doing. I think they're doing it the right way. So I wanted to order in Ultraman because I think it would go perfectly in my Neo Tokyo arcade I'm going to build in my new home one day. And yet the problem is this. I don't have the home yet and I don't have room for the game yet, and I've got to pay for daycare. So I asked Spooky Pinball, would it be possible to get Ultraman number 500 for two reasons? One is, I can't take possession of it yet, and I need to wait a year to get the game. The other thing is, I thought it would be really cool to put number 500 of Ultraman next to number 500 of Guns N' Roses. And they said, well, let us see what we can do. A few days went by, the order banks open, and they said, if you want that machine, we can get it for you. Okay, so I'm getting the last Ultraman on the line. I love that people are complaining about this. People were upset when I got Rick and Morty number 50. They said Spooky Pinball was giving you special treatment and you got an early one. And now people are complaining because I'm getting the last one. By the time I get number 500, let me assure all of you out there, you won't even care about Ultraman a year and a half from now. You're going to be moving on to so many new interesting titles coming out. But I just love this effort. And if you go to the Pinside thread, I love this effort to destroy any happiness that happens in my life. Anything I do to some of those individuals on Pinside is always a mistake. And anyone who shows support for Canada is mistaken and I'm this horrible person. And let me ask all of you out there who are complaining about this. Did any of you, and I mean this, did any of you actually ask for number 500 Ultraman and were told no? Okay. And I know some of you asked for specific game numbers and you might not have gotten them because of the way it works with like distributors getting certain numbers and that's just how it works. This is the end of the line for them. And so nobody wanted number 500 until Canada asked for it. And now all of a sudden it's a big issue. So I do want to thank Chuck and company for giving me the last one off the line. And no, I'm not flipping it. What kind of person do you think I am? Do you know what a jerk move that would be? For me to get this machine after they did this and let me have some time to make the payment with everything going on in my life. Do you think that would be a cool move for me to take the game and flip it? Like not even open it, not even play it. I am not going to sell Ultraman number 500 when it's still in a box. It will be opened. It will be put into my home one day. I guarantee it. Now, if I want to sell it down the road, am I not allowed to? Do I got to get permission from the pin side babies who continue to cry about any joy that happens in Canada's world? You really will find any reason some of you grown men on pin side to give yourselves a wedgie and wake up and get so upset that Canada got something. And I just want to end with this note. For those of you out there who say Canada doesn't deserve anything from anyone, anything special, I've done 600 plus podcasts about pinball. 
Do you not think that that gives me a little bit more pull or clout with people in the pinball world? Like these are the same men that, again, they complain because the restaurant that's booked doesn't have a table for them. And then someone who walks in who knows the owner gets a table. That's what's wrong with these people. They're the ones who feel entitled to everything. It's not me. I just asked them and they said yes. If they had said no, that would have been fine as well. This wasn't like, oh, you got to give me number 500 because I'm Canada. Nowhere in our correspondence was there that. So just chill out, Pinside Babies. You're making yourselves look stupid. All right, now the fun part. Drum roll. Canada is going to tell you everything I know about what's going on in the pinball world behind the scenes. And it's this type of information and this type of stuff that separates this show from every other pinball podcast in the history of pinball podcasting. Nobody else does this. Nobody else goes on the record and tells you, here is what is going to come out in the pinball world. And I will do it in a way that is definitive. Now, this is my definitive statement about what I think is happening in pinball and with some of these manufacturers. Yes, you could call these rumors that I am hearing, but I am going to go on the record and say, I believe this is going to happen and you are going to see this. And I am not going to change my mind on these things right now. So what I say, you can hold me accountable to these statements. And I guarantee you, I will get some of these correct and there might be a few that I get wrong and it's okay because that is what makes it fun talking about pinball and speculating about pinball and wondering what's going to happen with these companies. Even Jack Guanari, when he was interviewed by Martin and Jonathan, he said he loves it when things leak. He loves it when people are talking and speculating about what goes on with these companies. And that's what makes this fun. For those of you out there, and I know you're listening because you love to hate Canada. For those of you listening and say what you do is wrong, spoiling what's happening in the pinball world, spoiling news that's not yours to reveal. I don't really care what you think. If you think that with what's going on in the world, speculating and making statements about what's next in the pinball world is something that we should hold back and hold sacred and keep quiet until the time is right. This is not a cure for a disease. This is not some solve to a world problem that's really important. This is speculative news about what's coming next in the pinball world. Nobody's going to lose their job over this. None of this is going to change the way these games sell. No one is going to be negatively impacted by this. The only people... The only people that might be a little bit bummed out, and I mean this, are people that might be behind some of these projects and wanted to keep it a secret. But the only reason I know about this stuff is because people talk and people share stuff. So I'm going to share it with you and the world's not going to come to an end. And this is why you win Twippies. And this is why people listen to Canada's Pinball Podcast, because I give you this information. I don't have to hold it back. So where should we start? So the first thing I want to talk about in terms of what I'm hearing behind the scenes is the Steve Ritchie move to Jersey Jack Pinball. So here's the conversation I heard from my high up contact over at Stern Pinball. I'm not going to name names, but I just asked what was the mood over at Stern Pinball or what was Stern Pinball's feeling about Steve Ritchie moving over to 
Jersey Jack Pinball. And basically, they said to me, look, Gary's been very good to Steve over the years. Gary has paid Steve well. Gary has given Steve a home in which he had the same ability to design games that were like Ninja Turtles and like Jurassic Park. And Steve just didn't put as much in his games as other designers. But but people really enjoyed having Steve there. And they do look at this move as Steve being disloyal to Gary after everything Gary's done for Steve over the years. You know, if you're stern, you look at this move like, as a designer going over to a company that can barely manufacture one game in two years, it just seems like a weird move to have Steve go join Pat Lawler and JJP. And even in the interview, this wasn't even Jersey Jack Pinball poaching Steve Ritchie. Jack says that on Father's Day, the two of them were talking, And it was Steve Ritchie who asked Jersey Jack about the possibility of going over there and taking his talents to JJP. This whole move is going to be spun a million different ways. And the truth is this. I don't care if Steve Ritchie goes over to JJP. I really don't. The only thing I care about is whether or not good games will be the result of this move. We all have seen Steve Ritchie's latest efforts at Stern Pinball, and they were not good. They were not sought after. They were not celebrated. And it's not to take away that Steve Ritchie isn't an iconic designer, but he hasn't really designed anything great in a long, long time. And the other vibe I got from my context at Stern was just this. It's like Steve didn't put in the effort to push his designs forward the same way Keith Elwin did and John Borg has and other people at Stern Pinball. So what's the problem? Is it the bomb over at Stern or is it Steve Ritchie just doesn't put in the effort to push his games more forward and put more in them and think more creatively? See, he's not going to have that excuse now at Jersey Jack Pinball, but here's the thing. I just can't wait to see what he creates. The only problem is it's probably going to be years before we see this. And I did also hear that Steve is not the easiest person to work with and neither is Pat Lawler. So are these two entities going to get together? I mean, as two managers at the top of the design pyramid over at Jersey Jack Pinball, I tend to think it's not going to be a marriage made in heaven having both of them in there. And I almost feel bad for poor Eric because now he's got two senior designers with these pedigrees and legacy that are probably going to be meddling with Eric's designs. And I think it's the other way around. I think both of them can learn from Eric Minier and it's not the other way around because Eric's got new ideas and is innovative and is thinking outside the box. It's been Steve Ritchie that's been doing the cookie cutter stuff over the years, and that's why people haven't really loved his recent offerings. So let's see what happens. All right, but you didn't tune into this to hear me talk about that move. So here is what I am hearing. Are you ready, people? Drum roll. Here is some stuff that I am going to go on the record and say I believe this is going to happen, okay? The first thing I'm going to go on the record for saying the next game from Stern Pinball will be Godzilla by Keith Elwin with Zombie Yeti on artwork. Now you kind of knew that, right? Okay, now here's the next thing I'm telling you. That Rush will be coming out from Stern Pinball. And it's been a rumor and people have been talking about it, but I'm here to confirm for you that Rush Pinball will be coming out from Stern Pinball, I believe, after Godzilla. And the band have already done their callouts for the game. So you're going to see Rush Pinball from Stern. Now, here's the part that I'm going to go on the record, and you haven't heard this from anybody else yet. I am hearing that Rush could be a boutique game, 
and not a game designed by John Bohr. If Rush is a boutique game, it means someone commissioned Rush to be made or they went to the band Rush and said, hey, look, we can make you a pinball machine. We don't have to fully design it from the ground up. Here's, here's what's interesting. So if Rush was a boutique game, that means it could be in the Supreme cabinet and that design. It could be in the Primus package and that design. Or we never thought about this. What if Stern Pinball is taking an existing game and makes it Rush Pinball and just reskins it? I don't think it has to be only the Supreme layout with the DMDs or the Primus. They might take one of their LCD games and easily reskin it into a Rush game. But that is what I'm hearing is that Rush is going to be a boutique game and that John Borg's game will follow after that. So you're hearing it first on Canada's Pinball Podcast. That is what I'm going to go on the record. Now, this one makes me nervous because of a couple things. I know that John Borg and Lyman Sheets are the biggest Rush fans. And so I do find it somewhat hard to believe that a Rush game would come out and not be done by John Borg. But I'm going to go on the record and take the higher risk bet and say that Rush will be a boutique game and John Borg's game will be after, okay? Now, are you ready for the real big juggernaut news items? Okay, here we go, people. So in the interview, Jack Guinari said that Steve Ritchie finished a final game over at Stern Pinball before he left and made his way to Jersey Jack Pinball. And I am going to go on the record, and I am going to predict that the last game that Steve Ritchie worked on, and it is complete, and it is ready to go into production, the last game that Steve Ritchie worked on over at Stern is James Bond. So if you are a James Bond fan, and I think this will be a Joe Kamikow game with Steve Ritchie, and I want to explain why. Joe Kamikow is a humongous James Bond fanatic. He's actually building his own James Bond car right now. The man loves James Bond. So I am predicting that James Bond will be a Kamikow Stern joint release, and it will be a Steve Ritchie design. So Steve Ritchie, James Bond coming out from Stern Pinball. All right. Does it end there? Kaneda, is that enough for people to chew on? No, I've got some more information I want to share with you. And we're going to end with this one. Lyman Sheets, the best coder in all of pinball. Where is he going? Where is he going to apply his efforts? Does he go over to American Pinball and work with Dennis Nordman on his next game because they did Elvira together? And the answer is no. Lyman Sheets will not be going over to American Pinball. Here's the big one, people. So I am hearing, and I will go on the record to predict that Lyman Sheets is partnered up with no other than Steve Ritchie's brother. Lyman Sheets is partnered up with Mark Ritchie, and they're working together on possibly two titles. Now, the one that I'm going to, I want to predict and somewhat confirm is that Lyman Sheets and Mark Ritchie are working on CGC's licensed game, that you will know the movie as Pulp Fiction. So you are hearing it on Canada's Pinball Podcast that Mark Ritchie and Lyman Sheets will be working on Pulp Fiction. And there is also a sci-fi title coming out from Mark Ritchie that probably Lyman will be working on as well. 
And the other thing is I do believe that Lyman Sheets will be helping out on Cactus Canyon Remake. I don't think he's an official employee of CGC, but I also am going to go on the record that I believe Lyman Sheets will be the person who has been doing the code update on Cactus Canyon Remake. And this is going to be the big year for CGC. And this year, I think CGC is going to probably lap Jersey Jack Pinball in terms of number of titles, in terms of quality. And that's going to be where the real battleground is in pinball right now. It's going to be JJP versus CGC because Stern is always going to remain on top. But really that second place spot, right? for premium machines that are loaded with stuff that you're gonna wanna buy instantly. I think Jersey Jack Pinball is gonna have its greatest competition from Chicago Gaming Company. And I know Mark Ritchie has been working really hard behind the scenes on these games. And if Lyman Sheets partners up with Mark Ritchie and makes Pulp Fiction and a sci-fi title that I hear is gonna be epic as well, CGC has been a sleeping giant that I think is about to roar and I think it's gonna get everybody excited. And now all of you can be excited about this stuff. And you tell me that this is bad for pinball. You tell me putting this stuff out there is bad for pinball. I'll tell you what's bad for pinball. Boring people over and over and over again with the same stuff and the same discussions. This is what makes pinball exciting. Now we are super excited to see what comes out with Toy Story. We're super excited to see what comes out from CGC with Mark Ritchie and maybe Lyman Sheets coding Pulp Fiction. We're super excited to see what the sci-fi title might be. We're going to be super excited to see Cactus Canyon Remake come out, possibly with Lyman Sheets on code. How exciting is it that we've got Spooky Pinball making two games, right? How exciting is pinball right now? This is one of the greatest periods in pinball history, and there's so much exciting stuff to come out, but it's not exciting if we don't talk about this stuff or speculate or dream about what's around the corner, but Canada is going on the record right now to tell you the following. I will summarize it again and go to Pinside and put my name up there. And I want to tell you something, Rob T, I'm talking to you right now. Thank you for the Steve Ritchie news. But when you want to go on the record and you want to confirm something as being accurate, like you knew, Rob, that Steve Ritchie was going to Jersey Jack Pinball. But instead of putting your name in a confirming way, you should have said, I'm going to tell you guys what's about to happen. Steve Ritchie is going over to Jersey Jack Pinball. That's how you put yourself on the line with a bit of information like that. But to ask it as a question and back up as you say it, then you're not going to get the same amount of credit as someone like Canada that's going to say, I am telling you right now, Steve Ritchie is going to make James Bond. If you see a James Bond game from Stern Pinball, I bet you it's Steve Ritchie's last design. That I think Rush is definitely coming out from Stern Pinball. That I think Mark Ritchie and Lyman Sheets are working on Pulp Fiction. And these are my bets. I think all of these things are going to happen. And I might be wrong on some of it. But here's the thing. So what if I'm wrong on it? But if I'm right on it, and I think I am going to be right on most of this stuff, that's how you win the Twippies. That's how you get all the support on Patreon because people want to tune in and have this stuff. Now, all the other pinball podcasts out there have all of these great rumors to talk about. Now, Pinside becomes even more exciting because you can talk about these things. And believe me, 
Canada rarely steers you wrong. And if I was wrong on this stuff, like if it's not going to be Mark Ritchie Pulp Fiction, then they would come out and say it. But they're not. You're not going to hear anything. You're just going to hear the sound of Canada week after week saying he's the world's favorite pinball podcaster. Later. Come, come.